So how are you all this morning? That's good. Well, we're continuing on in our series this morning of Acts Reenacted. How have you been going with um, reenacting it? Because, you know, we're doing Acts Reenacting, so we're here to reenact it, what we read and God has shown us through the book of Acts. Today we're going to look at Acts chapter 26. And in Acts chapter 26, Paul shares his personal testimony. He shares his testimony about his life before he met Jesus. He shares the testimony of meeting Jesus and what his conversion and then he shares the testimony of things that God did through him after. So I'm going to share a personal testimony to start this morning. It won't be a testimony about my receiving Jesus' salvation, but it's a testimony that's happened in my life since being a Christian. Some of you might have heard it before, but here we go. I've been a farmer much of my life, and my farm is probably about 28 k's northwest of here, and half the road to my farm is a metal or gravel road, and it's reasonably narrow. Anyway, one day I was coming home from working on my farm and wasn't totally concentrating and I suddenly realised, John, you're going too fast to get around this 90 degree corner you're coming upon. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get around this corner without... The corner was a 90 degree corner and it had gum trees growing both sides of it right up to the edge of the road. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get around here at this speed? And then right then, a B-double comes around the corner towards me. And if you don't know what a B-double is, it's a truck with two long big trailers. Now, this is all happening like in a split second because I'm just on the corner and suddenly, how am I going to get around there? And this is truck. And it was, this is it. Because there's nowhere to go. And the next thing, all I know is I'm around the other side of the corner and the truck's gone around the other side of the corner and I'm thinking, how did I get here? I didn't even see myself go past the truck. There wasn't anywhere to go past the truck. He's taking the whole road. I didn't think I'd even get around without a truck being there. I was going too fast. And I just, you know, I just pulled up on the side of the road and my heart's going, boom, 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 you know, because <laughs> I had thought this was it. And I sat there for about 15 minutes and just pondered what had just happened. I was thinking, how am I here? Why am I not dead? I didn't see us pass the truck and the... thought, what's happened? This has to be a miracle from God. And so I spent some time thanking God and saying, thank you, Father. Thank you that you've saved me today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to share another testimony. I used to go down to hotels a lot and just talk with people in the hotels, you know, at the bar. And, and um, one particular day I was down in this hotel and I was talking to this person. I sat down at the table and I was talking with this man. 
and I started sharing some personal testimonies like that one with the truck and other ones because I've got heaps. <laughs> and and um, this man said, stop. I thought, Jeff upset him. No, he said, stop. I've never heard anything like this before. Wait. And he ran over and he grabbed all these other people in the, at the bar and said, you've got to come over and hear this guy. And then I had a whole crowd around me. And he said, now keep telling these stories. And so I told these stories and, and one of the people in the crowd was somebody I knew but I hadn't seen them for about 15 years. And, uh, you know, and I stopped telling these stories and I went and I spoke to this, I didn't know any of the other people and spoke to this person I knew and uh, he, I found out he'd been living in Melbourne. That's why I hadn't seen him for a long time and he moved back to Mount Cambia. And then he invited me and all those people in the hotel there a whole crowd back to his house for a party. So I go back to this house and, you know, loud music and people drinking and people talking. And then this guy, he says, John, stand up and tell us all how you became a Christian. Because I just told him back at the hotel I've become a Christian since I last seen him. And suddenly he says, John, stand up here and tell us all how you became a Christian. Well, what an opportunity. <laughs> so I shared my testimony of how I met Jesus and how Jesus came into my life. And I was halfway through it and one of the ladies there, you're out, shut up, shut up, shut up. No, I'm not shutting up. (laughs) And so I finished sharing my testimony. And, uh, you know, I didn't know most of the people there and I don't know what's the result of that. That's God's business. But I do know that the man who asked me back there, he became a Christian soon after that. And, and a few years later he died. So I say, thank you, Father, for that opportunity. So in Acts chapter 26 is what we've been looking at. Acts 26 and Acts chapter... I'm going to share a bit. Acts chapter 9 and 26 have got similarities because in Acts chapter 9 is where, Jesus, where Paul tells his story of meeting Jesus and he tells it again in 26. So in both those chapters, Paul said... I was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose Jesus of Nazareth. On the authority of the chief priests, he put many of the Lord's people in prison and when they were put to death, he cast his vote against them. And so Paul, one day he set off to Damascus to arrest Jesus and his... Not arrest Jesus. To arrest Jesus' followers. Certainly not to arrest Jesus. And on the road to Damascus, Jesus appeared to him in blinding light. And Paul said to Jesus, Who are you, Lord? Now he said to Jesus, Who are you, Lord? Because when he saw Jesus in blinding light, he knew he was seeing the Lord. He said, It was light so bright it was brighter than the sun. I believe Paul's experience there was like John in the, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, where Jesus appeared to John in all his glory and all his splendour and John fell to the ground and he said at that time that the light, the glory of God was brighter than the sun shining from Jesus' face. And so Paul knew when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus that this Jesus whom he'd been persecuting... <laughs> was more than just a man because now he's appeared to him in glory and blinding light and the first thing he does is he calls him Lord 
and he knew, see, Paul had been persecuting the church. Paul would have known about Jesus. Paul would have known that Jesus was crucified and he would have known that the Christians preached that Jesus rose from the dead and that through Jesus' death and resurrection there was forgiveness of sins. But he would not have believed that Jesus rose from the dead. But now he can't help but believe it, can he? (laughs) There's Jesus before him blinding light. And so Paul's eyes are opened to the truth and Paul's life is changed. Paul's life is turned around. And so now we're just going to read a bit here from Acts chapter 15. Jesus appeared to Ananias and said to Ananias, he appeared to Ananias in a vision in Acts chapter 9 verse 15 and he told Ananias to go and pray for Paul. And this is partly what Jesus said to Ananias. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Right from the start of Paul's conversion, here we have right at the start God's call on his life, that God had chosen him to be an instrument to proclaim Jesus' name to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles is anybody who is not a Jew, and their kings and to the people of Israel. And I'm sure when Ananias went to pray for Paul, he shared with Paul that God had told him what he had called him to do. So Paul knew right from the start his call. You know, God has a call on your life and God has a call on my life. If you're born again, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, God has a call on your life. Do you know what your call is? Paul knew his, knew his, knew his, his straight away. And the last few weeks we have seen and heard Paul going to the Gentiles. We've seen him going to the Jews. He's been, as we've been listening the last few weeks, we've seen Paul fulfilling his call. For myself, right from the very first day where I met Jesus at a meeting at the Salvation Army here in Mount Gambia back in February 1980, I knew from that day, not all my call, but I knew, from the, I knew that night after I met Jesus, I need to tell my family. I knew a call on my life to share with my family and my friends that I'd met Jesus. And as time went on, God expanded that call. And I won't go into all the details of that. But 25 years ago, so I've been known Jesus for 36 years, 25 years ago, God spoke to me very clearly about something he was calling me into in the future. I still haven't come into it yet. I still haven't come into it yet, 20, um, how many was it? Back in 1991, I knew something that God was calling me to 25 years ago that I have not come into yet and I know it's still ahead of me. It's part of my call. It's going to be the best part. (laughs) And so do you know what God's called you to?
I should have had that up there before. You know your call. You know what God's called you into. Acts 26. In Acts 26, Paul is in prison in Caesarea. Paul has been in prison probably at this time for two years. Why is he in prison? He's in prison because he's fulfilling his call. (laughs) He's been preaching Jesus to the Jews and Gentiles and some of the Jews didn't like it and so he's in prison. And part of his call was he said he would preach Jesus before kings. As I said, we've been hearing the last few weeks uh, Paul preaching Jesus before the Jews and the Gentiles, but today we're going to hear Paul preaching Jesus to King Agrippa. You know, sometimes your call is not easy. He's had to wait two years in jail (laughs) to fulfil this part of his call and preach to King Agrippa. King Agrippa first became king over that red area there and then all the yellow area he was given the the king to be king over as well as that red area and then a bit later the green area, light green area there as well and the light green area down here as well. So that's where he was king, king over under the Roman Empire. And also this day King Agrippa is standing before Festus and other governing and high officials. Festus was governor of Judea, this area here. So let's have a look at Acts 26. Acts 26. It's going to read Acts 26. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defence. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defence against all the accusations of the Jews and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child. From the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem, They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am trial today. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down to foreign cities. On one of these journeys, 
I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus and then to those in Jerusalem and all Judea and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. This is why some of the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this day. So I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. That the Messiah would suffer and as first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his people and to the Gentiles. At this, Festus interrupted Paul's defence. You're out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I'm not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things. I can speak freely to him. I'm convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you but all who listen to me today may become what I am except for these chains. The king arose and with him the governor and Bernice and those sitting with them. After they left the room, they began saying to one another, this man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Now we've just heard Paul share his testimony. What a powerful testimony. Now in that testimony, as I said earlier, he shared what he was doing before he met Jesus. And then he shared his encounter with Jesus, his conversion. And then he shared what Jesus told him to do and then what he did with it. Now you have a testimony. If you're Christian, you should have many testimonies. I've got heaps. Are you sharing them? You know, if Paul could share his testimony before kings and high officials, surely you can share yours before your friends and your family. Let's have a look at verse 16. Now Jesus said to Paul here, Now get up and stand on your feet, 
I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. Jesus said to Paul, I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. And Jesus has appointed you and me to be witnesses of him as well. Are we being those witnesses? Is what he's called us to. If you're wondering what your call is, <laughs> you've been called to be a witness to Jesus, a witness of Jesus. That's your call, to be a witness of Jesus wherever you are all the time. Whether you're at work. So you might be wondering what God's call is. Well, he's probably called you to your workplace to be a witness there. And so wherever you are, whether you're playing sports, shopping, with your friends, at a party, like I went to that party, you're there to be a witness to Jesus. That doesn't mean you've got to stand up and speak like I did there at that party. I was asked to do that. You know, if you're a Christian, you've been born again. God lives in you. You're the temple of God. As Paul says, you're a new creation. The old's gone, the new's come. So a new person. So you should be a witness by your character. Because actually the character of Jesus should be shining through. You're called to be a witness by your deeds, by what you do. And you're called to be a witness by your words. And if somebody hears your words but you're not displaying the character of Jesus, it nullifies you being a witness, actually being a bad witness. They hear the words but they don't see the life and the character of Jesus in you. And I've heard people say, well, I just live my life before people and I seek to to live and walk how Jesus would have me to, to display the character of Jesus. That's my witness. But actually you need to be the deeds and the words. You know, Paul says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Jesus has died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. Jesus went to that cross to reconcile every human being to God. But you only live in the good of what Jesus has done through faith. And faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. Where are people going to hear the word of Christ? I mean, as Cam's been saying, we're all ministers. He's not the minister. (laughs) He's there to coach us on, lead us on. We're all ministers. Jesus went on to say to Paul, as Paul was sharing to King Agrippa, Jesus said at the end of verse 17, I'm sending you, talking to Paul, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. 
So Jesus says to Paul, I'm sending you to open people's eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Do you realise that those you work with, family, friends, Facebook, wherever you are, if they're not born again, if they don't truly know Jesus, they're under the power of Satan. They're in the kingdom of darkness. They're on the highway to hell. But God has called you, aren't they? Blessed that God has called you to be a witness to them. That their eyes might be opened and they might turn from the power of Satan to God. And Jesus went on to say to Paul, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Isn't it awesome that Jesus took away our sin? He's removed as far as east as from the west. But if you don't know Jesus, you don't know that. And so many people are so weighed down and so burdened with the guilt of their sin. But hallelujah, God has put you into their lives that you might be a witness to Jesus, that they might know what it is to know their sins forgiven, to know that burden rolled away in Jesus. And Jesus went on to say to Paul that he had called him that these people too might know a place amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. What's it mean to be sanctified by faith in Jesus? Do you know what that really means? Do you know what that word sanctified means? That word sanctified means very similar to the word holy and it means to be set apart. It means to be set apart. So when you put your faith in Jesus, when you first trusted in Jesus, God set you apart for him. He bought you. Jesus was the price you bought. God owns you. And you're now here to do his will, not yours. That's what it means to be sanctified by faith in Jesus. God's done it. So you're living in the truth of what God has done. Living as a person who's set apart for God and his will and not your own. And so God has actually, Jesus actually said to Paul, I want you to go and do this. Bring people to this place where they know their sins forgiven and they've been set apart for God. And he's calling us to do the same. Paul went on to say, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. Now up to, up to here, Paul had met Jesus and he's been telling us what Jesus told him to do. Now Paul is saying what he did. He's telling King Agrippa and his others, in response to this, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. What does it mean to repent? Now, if you've been in this church for any length of time, you should know because I've heard it spoken so often from up the front here. A lot of people have a wrong idea of what it means to repent. I often hear people say, well, repent means to confess your sins. It doesn't. Yes, confessing your sins can be part of repentance, but you can also confess your sins or can confess your sins all day and not repent at all. 
To repent means to change your mind, change your thinking, which leads to a change of action, which will lead to a, you've demonstrated that you've repented by your deeds. If there's no demonstration that you've actually repented by your deeds, you haven't repented. To me, the best way of actually really explaining this word repentance is what we've just listened to, what we've just read this morning, is what Paul shared to King Agrippa about his own life. See, if you want to really get a hold of what repentance is, look at what Paul said in this chapter. Paul was on the road to Damascus to imprison Christians. Paul was about persecuting Jesus. He didn't really know who Jesus was. And on the road to Damascus, he met Jesus. And his mind was changed. He suddenly knew that this Jesus was alive. He had been resurrected from the dead. He suddenly had the revelation that Jesus is Lord. He suddenly realised he was fighting against God in trying to destroy the church. And so his mind was totally changed towards the church. Instead of being the person who was out persecuting the church and wanting to destroy the church, Paul became the person who was at the forefront of leading the church and encouraging the church. And he hasn't stopped encouraging the church. He's been encouraging me today. He hasn't stopped preaching. We have the scriptures. He wrote half the New Testament So if you want to understand what repentance is, look at Paul. There you see repentance. He's going one way. Thinks Jesus and his mind has changed about God, about Jesus, about the church and is the other way, gone the other way. That's what it means to repent. And so it was demonstrated by Paul's deeds (laughs) that he repented. And unless your repentance is demonstrated by your deeds, you haven't repented actually. This is an interesting one, isn't it? Paul just said, she had this amazing testimony. <laughs> then King Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Well, that's encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you know, we're just saying Paul was called to speak to kings. He's waited two years in jail to speak to this king and the king gets up after him and says, then King Agrippa says to Paul, do you think in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? What I've read, I don't think he ever did. And you say, well, what's that all about? If Paul was to declare Jesus and speak Jesus before a king and the king doesn't become a Christian. All we are to do is what God calls us to. That's our part. We go to where God calls us and we say what God calls us to do. We cannot make a person a Christian. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. So Paul was actually fulfilling his call in sharing Jesus with King Agrippa, even if he didn't become a Christian. And like that story I told you at the start when I was in that group of people, I don't know if any others became Christians other than one. But I could have shared there and none might. But if God's calling you to go to do that, it's part of your cause. God, as Paul says in one place, one sows a seed, another one can water that seed, but it's God who gives the increase. And so 
God will do his work. You can't do his work for him. You can't bring a person to personal faith, but you can sow the seed. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, Look, I'm coming soon and my reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I just want to say to you, look, Jesus is coming soon, very soon and his reward is with him to give to each person according to what you have done. Now you might want to say to me, well I thought we were saved by what Jesus did, not what we do. And I just want to tell you, if that's what you thought, you thought right. (laughs) You're only saved by what Jesus has done. You're only saved because Jesus went to that cross and took away your sin and your guilt and your shame and reconciled you to God the Father. And that's only yours when you receive it by faith. You only live in that place by faith. And I said before, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. That's why we need to speak. So what is Jesus talking about when he says, my reward is with me and, and, I, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. He's not talking about your salvation. He saved you. Jesus is saying when he comes back and he's coming back soon, he has a reward to give each of you according to what you have done with your call. What you have done with being a witness. Are you ready? He's coming back soon and his reward is with him to give to you according to what you have done with your call and what you've done with being a witness. So just to conclude today, I'll just go over the main points again. Do you know what God's called you to do? You don't have to know your whole call. You need to know what God is calling you to do doing now. Do you know? Who's he calling you to go to? Where is he calling you to be? Wherever it is, he's calling you to be in that place, a witness to Jesus. A witness to Jesus. You have a testimony. You've probably got many testimonies. Do you share them? Or you just keep them to yourself? You know, think of Paul. We look at Paul great theologian but what did he share when he's standing before King Agrippa and Festus he shared his testimony share your testimonies and you're called to be a witness to Jesus a witness of Jesus a witness of Jesus that Jesus has seen in you Jesus is displayed through you by your character by your deeds and by your words so be about your call Repentance. You know, we need to be living a repentant life, a life that's been changed by Jesus. And so if you really don't understand what it means to repent, just go and meditate on this chapter. Look at Paul's life and you then ask yourself, is that what's happened to me? There's been a great change of direction. Do I know my life's not my own anymore? I've been bought. God owes me. He set me apart for his purpose. Is that how I'm living? Is that what I'm doing? Are you ready? Jesus is coming back soon and very soon. 
Are you ready? He has his reward with him to give to you according to what you've done with your call.